You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Daniel's gonna need a wheelbarrow. He also gonna need a tool. Gonna need a wheelbarrow after the season. To tote his money, his boatload of money, and also his scope of hornets. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM with the Joes and Aaron Hawksworth on the BetQL Network. Welcome back, BetQL Daily, right here on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. The voice there of Tyree Kill on Tua, an amazing fourth quarter. For the Dolphins quarterback yesterday. We got a lot to dive into here. We're going to do it right now with Jason Lockett for Odyssey NFL Insider. Also co-host with Joe O on Sunday Morning Line with Devin Caney. As you're listening, get ready for the games. And he's joining us right now, Jason Lockett for Odyssey NFL Insider. Insider calls presented by BeckQL. Subscribe to BeckQL today and get instantly get our model's best bets live, public and sharp data, trends, and much more right at your fingertips. You can also hear Jason with Brian Baldinger. On In the Huddle with new episodes every week. Just search Huddle on the Odyssey app or wherever you find your podcast. Jason, a lot to dive into here, but let's start with that fourth quarter in Baltimore yesterday. Jason, I know you're down there locally as well. Uh, that was remarkable to watch the Dolphins do what they did and Tua play the way he did. Um, what, what's your biggest take for that? Was that about the Ravens blowing the game or was that Miami just took it from them? Well, it's both. I mean, Miami has assembled a track squad. You know, I loved them in in week one. Uh, Last week, my advice on that game was just to tease Miami up to nine and a half to be safe. Turns out they didn't need that. I mean, I do four hours of radio day in Baltimore, and there's a, what, five and a half month offseason. And literally, there'd be one segment every week where we're like, my God, this GM, Eric DaCosta, is – continuing to just get all the safeties in the world, but their front seven sucks. And even with all the safeties in the world, it still might be a garbage secondary. And guess what? Through two weeks, they don't have anybody who can rush the passer, and it's a garbage secondary. So this is the reprise of last year where they led the league in 25-yard receptions allowed, 50-yard receptions allowed. Um, Their fourth-quarter defense was worst in the league. Um, They they were – dead last defending wide receivers. They, they couldn't defend running backs um, across the board. They, they gave up more yak than anybody else. It was a disaster. They, they, they got rid of Wink Martindale, their defensive coordinator. They brought in a young kid, McDonald, who's much more conservative and who's not going to blitz and play man as much. And guess what? The defense still sucks because they don't have good players on their defense. Um, and when you strike out on first-round picks and you, you trade a left tackle for a kid, Adafi Owe, who can't get home, and now you don't have a left tackle and you don't have any pass rush, when you have a 53-man roster with two outside linebackers on it, 
when your best pass rusher is Justin Houston, who you were able to get off the street for a couple of million dollars again right before camp, you might suck. They suck. Um, there's no two ways to put it. And I, I don't know how they – I didn't think they could handle Miami's scheme, but I also thought, well, if they just sit back and play cover three and cover two, especially with a big lead, maybe they'll survive. Well, it turns out the kid they took from Notre Dame doesn't know the defense. He's caught out of position. There's no deep help. But, you know, they took another safety at 14 instead of all their other needs, like a pass rusher. Mm. So they did take a pass rusher, eventually, a Jabo. He's probably not going to play this year. So people always give them excuses. Oh, they were injured. Well, they draft injured guys. And they sign guys who have injury histories, like Jawan James, to be their left tackle, who couldn't make it through a half. So the GM has done a crappy job, and I'm not sure they're going to be able to get out of this. And they still have Buffalo. They got some big boy offenses coming to Baltimore, and I don't think they'll have the answers for it. Yeah, Jason, when we were talking yesterday morning about Lamar, is he going to use his legs this season? And we did see it yesterday. We saw the Ravens put up 8.8 .8 yards per play, just a, a ridiculous number. It, for them to hang around in games against very talented offenses, like we saw with the Dolphins, with, with a lot of weapons here, um, are, is Lamar just going to have to play all world all season long? And then, and then you're going to have to pay the piper, right? Oh, absolutely. But that's another area where their front office has been. Um, I mean, the number one offseason goal the last two years is get the quarterback done. They're, they're in a worse position now than ever because that franchise tag, now you got a hard deadline of July 15th. And if the kid just doesn't want to sign what you put in front of him, <laughs> then you're going to have to trade him because the second tag is, is untenable from a cap and cash standpoint and from a roster maintenance standpoint because you're not going to be able to, cat, to, to to franchise him a third time. And when he gets to the market, he's gone because you've already had at that point seven years to sign him. So, yeah, I mean, look, what Lamar did yesterday was, was truly historic in a lot of ways. It's, it's just mind-blowing that they lose. The first player with 300 passing yards, three passing TDs, 100 rushing yards and a rushing TD in NFL history. First player with a passing touchdown and a rushing touchdown of 75 yards or more in the same game. It still wasn't enough. It's not a good offensive line. They have failed again to identify quality running backs to give them insurance while J.K. Dobbins tries to come back from a horrific injury. And, and, and again, when Dobbins eventually plays, that's a, him getting a chance to play and him being anything like he was before the injury are two different things. But their answer to that is let's just get Kenyon Drake off the street right before the season starts. And, yeah, Mike Davis, sure, we'll, we'll give that a whirl. Oh, okay, well, <laughs> your running backs are averaging, like, I think of their 29 running back carries, like 20 of them have gone for one yard or less. But, uh, you know, all right. Um, just let Lamar save your bacon every week, but still tell the kid, I don't want to pay you until you win me a Super Bowl. Well, how's that working out for you? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Great point, Jason. In another game where we saw an impressive comeback, the Cardinals and Kyler Murray over the Raiders. Where are you at with the Cardinals? Last year, off to that great start, and then they looked quite fraudulent um, towards the end of the season. What are you expecting um, from Kyler Murray and the Cardinals this week? Four-point dogs hosting the Rams. I, I Look, I don't think much of them. They, 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 they found a way to win that game. Um, 
it's kind of astounding because the Raiders were dominating them on both sides of the ball in the trenches. I mean, it was, it was complete and utter one-way traffic and Arizona got it done in the second half. You know, it took a little bit of help from the officials. I thought it took a whole bunch of luck and several miracle plays. And then Hunter Renfro just being hell bent on fumbling the ball, no matter what, uh, in that overtime, I don't buy them. Um, the Raiders have their flaws as well. Uh, I, I think both those teams are probably um, who a lot of people thought they were, which is Jekyll and Hyde. That when they hit all the high notes, when it all comes together, they're capable of some really, really cool stuff that might kind of keep the, you know, the, the hook in your mouth if you're inclined to like them and drag you along. And the highs will be really, really high, but I think, there's too many lows in between for them to be teams that actually, you know, are, are considered contenders when we get to, to December. Um, you know, it's just very herky jerky, very like it, it, you don't see like consistency even within games, you know what I mean? Let alone stretches of the schedule. So I guess that's a long winded way of saying they both scare me and I'm punching myself in the face for liking the Raiders as much as I did, although I should have just made all first half bets and I would have cleaned up. Jason, how concerning is this start, uh, the coaching career of Nathaniel Hackett? I mean, they've had 18 drives in two weeks. They've scored two touchdowns. Yesterday, it was uh, sloppy, I mean, to to put it mildly. I mean, they just do not look like they're buttoned up there um, with Nathaniel Hackett leading that team from the sidelines. How concerning is his start for the Broncos as they try to, you know, become a contender with Russell Wilson this year? Yeah, I, I mean, look, I don't think Russ all of a sudden can't um, complete, you know, intermediate throws, and, and I don't think Russell Wilson all of a sudden can't play quarterback. I mean, he, they did roll up, and Seattle's defense is terrible, but they did roll up 6.8 yards of play a week ago or six days ago, and Russ threw for 340 and got undermined by play calling and in-game management, right? And it's not a smooth operation right now. Uh, it doesn't look professional grade despite all the pieces they have there. You know, Judy going down in that game, I think, threw them off and, and maybe, you know, threw the coaching staff off. And I'm not sure maybe they were able to adjust schematically and in terms of what they wanted to drop from the playbook and keep in the playbook. It's not good. And now it's a short week, right? And it's San Francisco who can play defense. And now is actually playing their better quarterback, and, and, and it's, it's horrible because uh, Trey Lance, I mean, this kid, you have to go back to the pandemic now, pre-pandemic, to find him playing football in games with any regularity, which, which you know, and it's going to be a long time before he does it again. But, you know, that, that's going to be a tough spot for, for Denver, and it's a billionaire owner, right? I mean, I'm one of the richest people on, on the planet, and they expected this mm-hmm. to be a year where it all came together. And these kinds of people are not used to losing or not used to listening to excuses, and they're used to buying their way out of problems. So, yeah, there's people like Sean Payton sitting on the sidelines, and I can tell you with complete and utter authority that the New Orleans Saints under Sean Payton were very interested in Russell Wilson at various times, but had major cap issues to try to navigate to make that happen. So, yeah, could Nathaniel Hackett by the middle of the season find himself on, you know, the proverbial hot seat list along with people like Matt Rule, assuming he hasn't been fired by then or left for Nebraska? 
Um, I, I, I think, unfortunately, for Nathaniel Hackett, it's possible. Yeah, that looked like a road game at Mile High. Uh, their, their home opener with Russell Wilson. It was quite a scene. Uh, you touched on Trey Lance. Let's go there. It's, uh, it's a strange situation in the offseason. Everyone was just waiting for them to move Jimmy G. Obviously ends up staying, and now he's their QB1. Is the contender window back open for the Niners if it was ever uh, shut with Lance at the helm? I think that there is no doubt that what you may lose in terms of that dynamic, improvisational force running the ball, when you boot him out, when the play breaks down, when he has to scramble, have they lost some efficiency and some um, schematic advantages with this trade-off in that regard? Absolutely. But the playbook's wide open now, and it's not about how much can we put on him and how – it's about going for the throat versus managing games and making the quarterback comfortable – and playing to all his strengths. It's about tendency busters now because we're, we could call any play with Jimmy G that we've run in the last five years at any time, regardless of down and distance, even if we've never done it before. There's just a different level of trust, a different level of expectation, uh, a, a willingness to push the ball downfield more. And, you know, maybe it's not this week's short week, but the expectation is, you know, Kittle gets back in this thing at some point in time. I think a guy like Debo, all of a sudden his targets are going to be um, are going to be up. I have some concerns about that offensive line as banged up as it's been early in the year. But I, I say this: I mean, it's very early in the week, but I, I I like San Francisco's chances up there a whole lot more, um, and potentially to to to, to lay a, a you know a beating on on Denver because you don't have to stop throwing the ball if you don't want to with Jimmy G. With a lead, I, I like it a lot more with Jimmy G than I did with Lance. Looking at one of tonight's uh, Monday Night Football games, Vikings Eagles. I just, as you were talking, saw the total go down forty nine and a half. Um, it was at some places that total um, a little bit ago, but this has moved down. I think it was at fifty two at one point, and now we're seeing it come down. Um, do you like anything in this matchup? Side total props? Yeah. Um... I'm buying the Minnesota offense uh, and not just in a dome. I'm buying that you're going to see a Cooper Cup-like season from Jefferson and, and that, you know, you can have your Darius Slay, you can have whoever you want, but, but when we move them around this much, when we put them in this many different situations, when we put them in different bunch and stack formations, Godspeed. <laughs> you know, good luck reining him in. So, I mean, if you just want to pound him, and, and, you know, until further notice, anytime TDs, uh, you know, whatever, I, I, I would say ride that train until or unless it goes off the tracks. Um, the Lions' ability to run the ball at will, inside, outside, seemingly however they want it against the Eagles, gives me some pause here. So I do lean to the Vikings. Um, I haven't checked today. Last I looked, it was like over 279 and a half. For Cousins, uh, I think he will eat. I think Cook will eat. Um, Cousins is pretty good numbers against Philly for his career, and and I would say this is the best the best sort of set of weapons around him. 
that he's had in any of those contests. And I'm a little worried about that Eagles defense. And maybe they need more than just one week to figure some things out and to sort of have their preseason in the regular season. And I, I really liked what Zadari Smith and some of those guys brought to the front seven for the Vikings. So I, I lean Minnesota. Great stuff. Odyssey NFL insider Jason Lockett for Insider Calls presented by BetQL. Subscribe to BetQL today. Instantly get our model's best bets, live public and sharp data trends, and much more at your fingertips. Our first look at week three next on the BetQL Network.